0: Hello everybody and welcome back to In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast, where this week we'll be discussing episode 4 of Star Trek Lower Decks, Moist Vessel. I am Kevin, one of your hosts, and I'm joined via Zoom by... The other host, Ethan. And let's dive right in. So we're on week 4 of the show, and we've got a rather interesting plot this week. So... From what we saw, the plot this week is Captain Freeman seeks ultimate payback after Mariner blatantly disrespects her in front of the crew. A well-meaning Tendi accidentally messes up a lieutenant's attempt at spiritual ascension, and she tries so hard to make it right. Meanwhile, the Cerritos and her sister ship are assigned to relocate a generational ship. So just kind of diving right in. So... General observations. I'm I'm feeling a little uh kind of like I was last week. A little mixed. Uh, I thought there was some good plots going on going on. I was more interested in sort of the the B plot of the show with Tendi and the uh, messing up the whole um, ritual that she got to attend. The A plot was a little off putting to me because I kind of feel like like last week it's making me not still not like the senior staff and. If that is the point of the show, that's fine. It's just not something that I'm, that I'm, you know, totally into. At least for now. So.
1: I agree. I'm also mixed, and yeah. if I'm just watching it, the mo- it, put it this way: the more I think about the show, the less I enjoy it. The more I just right. watch it and let it be it. Right. The more I enjoy it. If I just watch it for some laughs, then yeah, it's okay. But if I think a little bit about it, like, wait a minute, this is Star Trek. Does mm-hmm. any of this make sense in the Star Trek universe? Right. Then uh, I get a little bit more down on it. And that's only probably because my hope, my expectations got really high after the first episodes I really loved.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, I, I loved, loved the first two episodes. And I know that I said I felt a little mixed last week because I had some of the same uh, feelings, of, you know, specifically about the senior staff last week as I do this week. But I, I think at this point my major criticism about the show so far is that we're, we're seeing a lot of the senior staff. It doesn't seem to just be lower decks only. And this week they seem to get sort of an equal or if not more amount of screen time than the lower decks than the lower decks uh, crew seem to get. And I just I wish they would sort of focus more on a, literally just being what the title of the show is. Lower Decks, right? Like I totally they... agree. Yeah.
1: One of my notes here says, this feels like it could just be a next-gen episode. As and... far as, like, structure and the perspective and all of that.
0: So there was nothing to
1: differentiate it no, from the other shows, which I really thought we'd get a different perspective because these are the Lower Decks people. Right. Um, right. And, yeah, it more feels like we're just watching an episode that's more focused on Jordy. Or uh, O'Brien or something.
0: I I think for me, like I feel like there'd be more co- sort of comedic tension on the show if, you know, maybe we didn't... Like, what if we never saw the captain at this point? Or, like, we only heard the captain sort of speaking over the ship's intercom system, right? But we don't... I, I kind of wish the show would sort of follow a similar path to, like, to Red Shirts did, right? Where that... You're only sort of getting bits and pieces of what's going on outside the ship if like either over over an announcement or just having a senior staff walk down the hall right i i sort of latch onto the idea of if you don't work on the bridge or engineering on a starship how aware are you of what's going on out there right especially if it's a large ship
1: right low if you have a low level position a low level um sort of task level yeah you know because if you work in engineering and you're not head of engineering. I don't know that you always know exactly what's happening right. and it's not right. just here are some diodes you need to do something <clears> to and that's kind of the end of your
0: And the thing is even if they went that direction on the show from the beginning I mean I could definitely see that as a as a sort of I could definitely see that getting old pretty quickly like that would kind of that that sort of humor would sort of run dry pretty quickly
1: Yeah so it's um, interesting you mentioned red shirts
0: cuz yeah. there's a show the
1: red shirt diaries on YouTube which you say getting old because this show, it's fantastic. It's set mm. in uh, the original series time. Right. It's on the station Jowin. Um, and it stars someone, actually, Victoria Robinson. Mm. And she's a red shirt. She just does a vlog in her room. But yeah. they're only about five-minute episodes. Right. So I think that's why it works because you really, you just you hear the red alert happening. You hear Abraham Lincoln people, you know, Abraham yeah. Lincoln outside the ship. Which we finally got an Abraham Lincoln reference, which was good. Yes. But um, yeah. It seems like yeah, if you did that, then I don't know. This is just I guess that's just not the show they wanted to make.
0: And that's fine. I you know I, I again I love comedy and I think this show does it pretty well. I just I can't help but wonder. Like I feel like it'd be funnier if they did it this way. But that's I mean I don't know how dare I right? Like I wish well, they would do this. I wish. But they would I see that. your point. But, yeah.
1: And we've talked about—I think we talked about this last week—where we keep getting told we're getting a Star Trek from a different perspective. We got, heard it with Discovery, and we're, we heard it here, and then we get the shows, and they're very much still bridge-based shows.
0: Right. Yeah. So okay, but you know, there's plenty don't, of an, don't
1: get my hopes up.
0: No, I mean we're only four episodes in, and and that could change, right? But um, yeah. So first thing that stuck out to me was we finally got a. Uh, opening teaser that actually tied into the overall plot of the episode, um, which has not been the case the last two weeks. So that was sort of interesting to see. And I realized watching this that I kind of, if they're going to go back and forth between having a teaser that ties into the episode or just having one like they were doing the last few weeks, where it's just sort of a one-off punchline, I kind of like them doing the one-off punchline, because I just think it adds a little, like an extra element of humor to the show that really, that I think is really funny. Cause it's almost like a, it's like a self-contained, it's just a self-contained joke.
1: Definitely. My, my note says cold open was a dud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, and I like, I like the cold opens a lot.
1: Yeah. And I was so used to it being funny that mm. I tried to think more hard about it. I'm like, okay, they're playing with the trope that everyone in Starfleet is very committed, dedicated, and competent.
0: Right. right. Um,
1: but no, it just, just was not a cold open.
0: But I I love how the show opened with them, you know, the Cerritos and its sister ship, sort of orbiting that generational ship, and they, so there was that moment where they cut inside to the generational ship because the the generational ship has malfunctioned, right, and they have to figure out what's wrong with it, and they need to tow it to where it needs to get to. Mm-hmm. But one thing I kind of observed was I felt like they did something that I felt like they did something that was extremely like almost animated series, right? When they specifically set up the idea of this it was like a coral type of thing that falls off and it latched onto the tricorder. Then it just sort of like almost assimilated the tricorder and turned it into its own life form. I thought to myself, like I could totally see it, have seen them doing something like that on the animated series. Like it just seems like something that would have happened there because they wouldn't have been able to do that on the original series. Right. And it seemed like such an animated series. Just like, I don't know, just way of doing something. Show me something that was extremely alien.
1: Yes, and the, the, the and the cool thing about just that technology uh, is that it's very. This is it was a very Trek, um, yeah, you know, idea terraforming and the ship getting infected by something and then it sort of takes over. Right. Um, so in that way, like it really worked pretty well. Yeah. And this seemed like an important mission for the Ceratos. It did compared to. Their missions. Despite
0: the fact that they're not verily really an important ship, they're doing something kind of important, right? I mean, and I have to ask the question: if the Cerritos' sister ship is it. are they just as unimportant as well? Or. Right, because. You know?
1: Like I said, this felt like this could have been a next-gen
0: episode. Right, which I, I have thoughts Picard on. Picard
1: tasked. I could see Picard being tasked with this.
0: Yeah. But. I love that scene that that begins in the conference room, and you have. I love the. I just love the idea. Like this is where I think the lower deck's concept really works, right? I love the idea of there just being this lowly, low level ensign in a in a meeting with the senior staff, just handing out the pads with the mission briefing on it and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, like, I love how the, I love how she's kind of getting task rabbit, task rabbited, right? Even though we don't see this happen on any of the other shows it's such a specific thing to the sort of style that Lower Decks is going for that I, I something about that just really kind of uh, tickled me. Despite the fact she was being kind of douchey in the meeting.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. She was definitely exaggerating her yawns. Right. Yeah. But here's, here's a question. Are there low-level menial tasks on Starships? And then I realized there's all those unnamed characters in the background are doing those, so
0: yes, there are. Right. Right, exactly. Um, and even though we may not see them carried out on the other shows, we'll, we'll usually hear, like, you know, Janeway threaten somebody saying, like, I'm going to assign you to scrub the plasma manifolds if you don't ship shape up um, or something like ha. that, right? Right,
1: that's true, that's true. So yeah. There are...
0: But Low it has to get, because you can't assume, like, oh, well, it's not going to get done. Somebody else does it, right? Right, so. so there's
1: someone that has to do that all the time, and they didn't do anything wrong to get it. I don't think.
0: Yeah. So regarding the A-plot of the show, so the A-plot really kind of revolves around Mariner and being more difficult than usual and kind of making the captain look bad in front of the other captain, and as a result the captain of the Cerritos, wants to get her off the ship. And so she decides... The captain the best of
1: Cerritos, who is also her mother... Who is also oh,
0: her mother, decides the best way to do it to get her to transfer off the ship is to promote her. Now... as Well, I mentioned, don't
1: forget, though, before she promotes her, she says the best thing for her to do would be to... Um, oh, assign her those level tasks. Sh- no, shoot her out of the airlock.
0: Oh, that's right. That's and right.
1: it didn't sound like a joke. No. So, apparently, yawning in a meeting is the death penalty yeah. in Starfleet, which that didn't make it yeah
0: a whole lot. You know, and, I, and I gotta say, kind of a side comment, right? I feel like Mariner being the daughter of the Captain, it's not working for me only because it removes that bit of, as I described earlier, like, potential for comedic tension. Because, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here, right, but everything that the captain puts her through in this episode and where we wind up with her, I thought to myself, well, now it just seems like it doesn't matter what she does. She can sort of do whatever she wants on the ship now. Right. Mm, I see what you mean. So, like, I, I don't know. I think we kind of discussed, we kind of went into detail on this a little bit last week, but over the idea of the captain being her mother. And I, and I, and I, I feel like it's hurting the concept of the show a little bit rather than helping it. Unless it's sort of heading in a particular direction. But I feel like that sort of gives Mariner sort of like free reign to almost act and do anything she wants.
1: I, I agree with you mainly for this reason. Yeah. Why it's not working is that... Um, it's almost this episode... And I mentioned it before. I thought, well, maybe this is going to pay off in some way. In fact, right. she's her mother. But in this episode, they sort of tried to, but it's they've gone so far in the other direction where she's talking about how she likes to shoot her out of an airlock, right? And so that by the end, when they have sort of a their version of a heart to heart, I was just looking out for you. And I don't believe that she was just looking out for her,
0: right? Yeah. To- exactly.
1: Nothing in what we've seen shows any indication that she's looking out for her.
0: And I think what I think what is disappointing me about the show because I'm 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 getting a little concerned about the direction of the show in in some ways because I think what's concerning me is that it's a comedy and you know we don't we don't care about that like that's not the problem it's more like I think because it, it's a comedy. They're making the senior staff act a little outrageous. I would have thought that they would have at least acted like a Starfleet crew, and they would find humor in other ways. But they're kind of elevating the senior staff to a level of absurdity, and kind of, for me, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't like them last week, and I'm not liking them much this week either. Because it's just, you know.
1: Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think that it's, I mean, one could say, relax, man, it's just a cartoon. But yeah. here's the thing in all the promotional materials, the, 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 Creators set us up for, though this is in canon. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is not just a bunch of silly stuff. So they sort of set us up to look at it through this lens. And I just, in, in what Starfleet can these people hold command? That's what I want.
0: Yeah. And, and I think because of this, I feel like the premise of the show, and I know we're only in episode four, right? We've got six more to go. But I feel like the premise has kind of been watered down a little bit. Because we're seeing a lot of senior staff, we're seeing a lot. of... It, it doesn't. We're now sort of getting a healthy dose of both, yes. and lower decks is interacting with the with them, and lower and the lower decks crew has now, even four episodes in, has gotten so in with the senior staff that it it almost kind of doesn't feel like there's a there's too much of a difference between them now.
1: Right. Yeah. They they have a lot of interactions.
0: Like the tasks that Beckett does this week, lubing the turbo lift, handling Holodeck waste management, like <laughs> that's the stuff I would have expected them to be doing anyway.
1: Right, not as as a punishment. Right. Yeah, and and like I said, that so there's some people that just have to do the crap work all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, kind of my last note on the on the A-plot, so, you know, Beckett getting promoted to lieutenant in the hopes that it will force her to transfer, I thought to myself, well, she's been, she's working her way down the ranks, so I assume she knows what it's like to be a lieutenant already, and she has to know, well, this is not what a lieutenant does. This is just being done to annoy me. Mm. Which she basically says to her mother anyway. But it's almost like, she should have been on to her mom a little earlier than that, in my opinion. I, I don't know.
1: Well, she didn't do the menial tasks when she was a lieutenant. She did those before. Right. And then her mom realized, okay, this is not going to get rid of her because she's too... That was the other interesting thing. Is she was They even said, she seems to find joy in even menial tasks. Yeah. And the mom got mad. Right. And said, "Oh, well, now we'll have to promote her because that's what she really hates."
0: Right. It's, it's um, not. A, it's not a good image for Starfleet. That the higher up you get, the more it sucks. No, because but... they gave her medial tasks, and not only did she
1: find joy in them, she managed to make everyone else have a good time doing them. Like that's <laughs> the kind of person that you want to uh, tap into their talents and right. to make her, to incre- increase uh, morale.
0: Right. Well, and it also made me call into question. Like, so basically, all of them are one rank away from being from not being lower decks. Now, they just got to get promoted to lieutenant, and then they're out of there.
1: Right. Like or they should that's...
0: be crewmen. Maybe they should be. Maybe they should be crewmen.
1: Right, ensigns.
0: Ensigns, yeah. So, and um, then
1: yeah. So on the A plot, um, yeah, I think that the so petty and so vindictive is her mom. To be completely, with any yeah. captain that you would expect to see, but not only that, but dangerous. If she really thinks that she's true, that Mariner is truly wreck, mm-hmm. then out of spite, she promotes her to a lieutenant, gives her a command position. Right. When the whole idea is, I don't want her on the ship because she she does terrible things that are hurting the ship. Yeah. So you promote someone like that to make a point.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: and here's another thing that on uh, the show I sort of expected that we were going to get some character continuity mm-hmm. from sh- episode to episode. So last week we had uh, Mariner and Ransom had a little yes. flirt. Oh my moment. god, yes, yes. So when the captain decides to promote her, she's looking in the mirror, yes, at Ransom flexing. Which actually I laughed out loud, it was very funny, yeah, <laughs> but so. And then she said, I know what she hates. And I thought, oh, is she going to put it together with yes. Ransom because she hates Ransom. But no, it, it had nothing to do with anything. Right. Unless, I guess that, well, Ransom's such an asshole. She's going to hate to have to be around him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and especially but, given how it ended with the two of them last week, I thought that they were actually going to pick up. I thought they were going to pick up on that threat.
1: Right. Have some yes. romantic tension between them. But there was right. nothing, not even a, nothing in that direction, which I, I thought would have been fun to play that up. Hmm. Um, or have it put, come into play. So that was a disappointing, I guess. Yeah, disappointing. Um, I did really like that a lot of what... Well, also, this doesn't make sense for a crew, but that a lot of what the senior staff does is goes to each other's performances. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I, So the other plot this week, the plot with Tendi... Attending, this was great. attending the uh, that sort of ritual so that, uh, what's his name, O'Connor can evolve into a new plane of existence.
1: Yes, and um, even say, like, oh, you mean like Q or the Traveler?
0: Yes, yeah, totally. But, like, I laughed really high when she was actually at the ceremony and she, like... It was great. She slid through the sand and just totally messed up the whole thing. It was excellent. And, and then like... I think
1: my, my favorite line was when she then, in a panic, ran yeah. to the replicator and said colorful sand,
0: room temperature. Because it wasn't as if, like, the sand disappeared, right? The sand was all still there. Like, her getting more sand doesn't help Doesn't help anything.
1: Right. And it was also just a funny um, little nod to the fact that I think it's only Picard and his tea that specifies the temperature.
0: Yeah. No room one board else board, ever yeah.
1: specifies the temperature. Yeah. So that was funny that she said room temperature. Yeah.
0: But also the idea of him sort of evolving into another plane of existence. I mean, how many times have we seen that in a Star Trek episode or a movie, where like one of the characters evolves to another level of consciousness, right? Yes,
1: or we so, get these beings of another level that we didn't know don't know how they got there. No. But it
0: always, right. but it always seems to happen because of them coming into like nobody is like you never seen anybody sort of like aspiring to get there, right? Like I didn't seem like yes. it was an attain like now you know it's like an attainable goal that you can evolve right. into something. It's really funny
1: too that they make it seem like uh, you know. This beautiful transcendent thing that happens. Whereas here, um, yeah, I was actually watching it, and my wife came in the room, and I, and I was just filtering on the plot. And when I said he was going to ascend to a higher level being, she said, "You mean he's going to die?" Yeah. And I thought, no, he's not going to die. But what he what happened to him was more like death than I had expected.
0: Yeah, but but I I really loved the plot because I also loved how she you know she felt so bad and she was like trying so hard to make it up to him. Yeah, like, the point where she was even following him around, like in like that whole get up, like trying to. Uh huh.
1: But then yeah. the great part was that it wasn't that she felt bad; it was that she has a, a compulsion to make everyone like her. So it was. Yeah. I thought that was even better.
0: Yeah, and she's yeah. like, you know, they're in the they're in the. Uh, I'm just gonna call ten four. I am just going to call 10-4. i do not know if they refer to it as such, but she's like, I just want to help him, and he won't let and I and he won't let me, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then. So that was great. And then the C plot, I mean, I don't know if you could call this the B or the C plot, but uh, coming into contact with the sleeper ship, with the generational ship, and obviously you have your Star Trek plot where basically all hell breaks loose, and the generational ship is basically has basically assimilated the Cerritos' sister ship, and now the Cerritos itself, and so they begin to sort of terraform very rapidly yeah and so you have the kind of star trek situ- now you have like the Star Trek plot of the week where like you know something horrible happens to the ship, and they got to figure out th- figure out how to get out of this right yes, yes. and they- but the
1: reason they got yeah. into the situation was also by a captain being petty, yes, because um the beard guy was that a species that we should know
0: he was a telluride,
1: oh, that makes sense, yep um. Yeah, the beard guy wanted to um, go closer to... He said, we are in charge and our ship's location should uh, represent that.
0: Mm.
1: He ruined everything.
0: By right? It. And, and and the thing is, that was so random. Like, it wasn't even... That wasn't even something that was really kind of telegraphed in the beginning. He was just like, I just want to remind them that I'm in charge. And now, now he just kind of fucks everything right. up. Unless... Right. He, he was very...
1: Um, just, he, he was um, insulted by them, so maybe he yeah. sort of felt uh, that he... I don't know. Needed to show his dominance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. also,
1: right? Starfleet. I don't want to see that.
0: Well, you know what it is, and it's now. I'm now remembering this too. So, Tellarites, as 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 they are established this way on Enterprise, they they're a species that kind of offends easily, and the best way to kind of get on the good side is that you actually have to insult them. Uh, okay. So he directly, ha-
1: not not indirectly, like yawning when they're talking.
0: Like, when, when Archer comes into contact with the Tellarites for the first time, I think it was Hoshi or T'Pol, I believe, who was briefing him on how to actually handle your first meeting with them. And, like, he basically insults them to their face.
1: I remember this, yes.
0: And so... But he was behaving like a Tellarite, which, as they do on that show, which I thought which I thought was great. That kind of, yes, like, proud Tellarite. Like fair,
1: tell in fairness why. to yeah. him, though also it was it wasn't as if he was being offended over nothing, right? Um, Mariner gave him plenty of reason to be offended,
0: right? But the thing is, like, even though he's a Tellarite, he's still a Starfleet Tellarite. Yes. Right. So, like, it wasn't as if he was a a non-Starfleet Tellarite. No, That's yes. Funny. But you don't jeopardize the mission because your ego was wounded. No. And and I got to tell you, like this this plot with the ship terraforming and stuff like that. You you had some good character moments between the captain and Mariner. But I love how the solution to the episode was basically they teched their way out of it like they do on a next-gen episode.
1: Yes. Yes, one person had the, whoa, what if we try Yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was Mariner who had
0: the... They had those. And it actually occurred to me. Idea. It actually occurred to me because I haven't heard you mention this. But I guess it makes sense because it's lower decks. We We haven't had really... The sort of conference room solution scene yet because it's right. a senior staff thing, but given the fact that how heavily the senior staff is featured, right year, we we sort of we got that
1: it. in the conversation between Mariner and her mom,
0: right right, um, nice. but I love that they, they like a next gen episode or d s nine and Voyager, they teched their way out of it, which I thought yeah. was re- which I thought was great, so uh and beamed the entire the other crew out onto the ship, but yeah, it was yeah, so i I think. You know, overall, this week I, I am a little mixed, only because you know the things we're talking about are the things that we enjoy. But I think overall, the way this episode contributes to the overall plot of the series, like in a way, I feel like the premise is being a little, as I mentioned, a little watered down, right? I agree. And, I agree, and I think
1: that any of the character moments or developments that are happening are not paying off. In that they're not keeping the threads going, and even when they tried to have the mother-daughter moment here, or the connection at the end, it just didn't ring true. Because her mom tried to claim she was looking out for her, but we saw nothing at all to suggest that she was looking out for her. All she was doing was being petty, addictive, trying to get rid of her, jeopardizing the ship. So, it was very strange to hear that at the end because that would have been a good reason for her to be doing those things but it was clear from all the times we've seen her that that's not really what she's doing
0: right and and i think just the thing just the tasks that say beckett was assigned to do whether it's lubing the turbo lift or which which i actually thought was pretty funny and i love the fact that the turbo lift is not the internal roller coaster as we've seen on discovery right Yes, it was
1: actually in just a shaft. But between
0: that, or like handling holodeck waste management, like those were tasks that were assigned to her as punishment. I would have thought that those were tasks that they had to do anyway.
1: Right, because they're lower decks. Because they're low, right. Here's here's the thing, maybe they're, because it's lower decks, it's not lowest decks.
0: Right. Although, when they point out where they are on the ship in the first episode, they are on the lowest deck. That's true, too. So, um, But just, you know, as we wrap up the Uh, how we felt about the plot, you know, just kind of minor things with me, like, which contribute to how I'm feeling about the show overall. In a way, I feel like, even though we got some nice moments between the Captain and Mariner, I feel like making them mother-daughter is kind of harming the show a little bit, because I feel like it's robbing the show of potential comedic tension. Like, I wish the Captain would be more of a foil for them, and... So, and just given the journey that Mar- that Mariner takes this week, it almost to me now feels like she can just basically do whatever she wants. Like, she's not, to me, a risk at getting into trouble, right? Because not only is the captain her mom, but she it seems like she now has kind of free reign to just behave in any way that she wants. Mm. Which may work fine. I mean, that seems like what her character is. But I think that's, that's an example of what I mean when I feel like the premise of the show is being slightly watered down. It feels less yeah. lower deck e at that point.
1: I see what you mean. And also, if you're a rebel who breaks the rules, but you know there are no consequences, then yeah. how much of a rebel are you?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly right. Um, so, But in the end, I love that it was still a Star Trek episode, a Star Trek format. Right? They get into a situation and they kind of tech their way out of that situation. Like, yes, this feels like a Trek episode to me. Yeah, so I think I can rate this episode in two ways. On its own merits, I was entertained by it. I think where it lives in the overall uh, sort of grand scheme of the series, I feel like it's not staying true to the original premise of the show. I feel like it's kind of shifting a little bit and um i'm hoping it doesn't stay this way i'm hoping it kind of goes back to what we saw in the first two episodes but the lower decks crew are so in with the senior staff now that it almost seems like as i said it 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 feels balanced now it doesn't feel off balance
1: right well since it is a funny cartoon show right let's talk about Moments we thought were funniest.
0: Yes. So my favorite line of the week. So it's, we didn't talk about this during the A-plug because I was saving it. As, Mar- as Mariner is making her way up to Lieutenant, I love how Br- Boimer gets so angry by it, right? And he, he, he reaches that point where he's like, all right, I'm just going to do terrible things. I'm just going to like be rebellious, right? And the part that gave me the biggest laugh in the episode is when he's walking down the hall, and he's just sort of like, he's plotting, right? And he gets called to the bridge, and he says, um, they call him to the bridge, and he says, this is my favorite line of the week, and he says, oh, I'll report you for bridge duty, and they'll get exactly what they deserve. And they're like, what? And he goes, oh, uh, uh that was the holodeck. Moriarty, and they, like, they threw in the Professor Moriarty reference. Like I'm just that like, oh, good. he's running the Sherlock Holmes. He's like, oh, he's running the Sherlock Holmes program or something like that. Like that that explains why he's being so, you know, devious. So that mm-hmm. was my favorite moment in the episode.
1: That was good. <clears throat> my favorite. I already mentioned the colorful sand room temperature. Yep. Um, I laughed out loud when Ransom was flexing in the mirror. Yep. I think it was just so well done because you know he had no idea that the captain could see him. Yeah. But I think part of my favorite is when uh, Mariner is um, a lieutenant and much of her duties seem to be going to performances of staff members. Right. And I love that um, it's sort of like they throw as much torture at her in through that gag as they can. So her mm. mom does scat singing.
0: Right, right. Right, and then like they went that far. After that
1: is improv. Yes, (laughs) if you someone do do a a one man improv show about all these characters, so it's kind of like the worst things you could want to see. But then I really love is that Ransom is performing tonight. He's Mm. playing his acoustic guitar and singing, and then so the captain keeps elevating it, and he wrote all of the songs, (laughs) and they're all about the year he, the month he spent living in Barcelona barcelona and um it's interesting because anyone that has known someone that has lived in another country for a very short amount of time they talk about it way too much so i can totally see that being the case and then i love later this is great with a little um you know the comeback to this gag when we see ransom he's saying no saying to someone no peninsula is as sensual as the iberian (laughs) (laughs) that was fantastic
0: yeah um, um, but
1: I got a lot more. All right, this one. This one, I think you're gonna like because this is very subtle. So when the c- ship is being terraformed, yep. You hear the computer say, unwise terraformation." As if there were ever a time you could a- author <laughs> right. be authorized to terraform the inside of the ship.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that one. That's <laughs> why. would
1: anyone let that right. happen?
0: Yeah, this all this terraforming hasn't been approved yes. by anybody. And anymore.
1: then also, she said. Um, what was it, hit it? And then the computer said, hitting
0: it. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. That was good. yeah. Oh,
1: one more. So, uh, which, when they, he, the character's ascending, which I thought was really cool. I love what he screams out. Time has no meaning. But then he says, I see Lincoln. I yeah. see Abraham Lincoln.
0: So, that's a when, good segue. Know, right we,
1: were for that. we were waiting for that reference. We've been talking. We've
0: referenced that so many times. Expecting yeah. that we'd get it. And well, we know. got it in yeah. that short track, don't forget, because they he the the grade went right by him. So,
1: as you can see, I had a lot of moments, because I did laugh a lot. So on that level, they are doing well.
0: Agreed. Alright, dude, well, I think that's a good segue into the continuity watch this week. So I noticed a couple of Easter eggs thrown at us this week. We just talked about Moriarty, we talked about, you mentioned the Abraham Lincoln one, which I actually missed during that initial one. Um, so these are the ones that I caught. If I missed anything, definitely uh, people let me know on Twitter. So I mentioned the Tellarite captain. Uh, we mentioned uh, Q and the Traveller. Uh, they're playing poker like the TNG crew does,
1: <laughs> not as well.
0: Right. Um, More the Moriarty reference, of course, and then O'Connor ascending, just becoming a uh, non-corporeal alien, is very similar to. Um, that happening on the franchise before. So, like, you know, you talk about, you know, Kes evolved to that in Season 4 of Voyager. Decker and Ellie merged into some new level of consciousness at the end of the motion picture. So, um, mm-hmm. it's happened several times in the franchise. We just learned that this week, it's actually something you can sort of aspire to do. Yes, you can do it through meditation it. and yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. So, uh, those are the ones I caught this week. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: I think I mentioned all the ones that I... But but I read one that I thought was a bit of a stretch. Yep. So let me see what you think. Um, Mariner names her mom her first name. Now, her first name is Carol. And they said, ooh, and this is an episode that has terraforming. Terraforming. Oh, there
0: you go. Carol. Carol? I mean, I don't know, though. That seemed like a stretch to me. I don't think it's a stretch. I mean... She was named Carol anyway. We already knew that was her name. It wasn't established in this episode, but okay, you could do that. But 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 I will say, given that terraforming was a subject of the episode this week, I did wonder if anybody was going to sort of name drop the Genesis device or the Genesis right. planet, and they, didn't. and they didn't, which surprised me. So, but
1: and the other thing is that Carol um, terraforming and parental child relations.
0: Uh yeah, so you got the yeah it's like the Kirk David Mm -hmm. plotline in uh, Wrath of Khan, but um yeah I mean that's not a I mean that's not a result of the episode like that's not something that's set up in the episode it's just I think it's just more it's sort of a nice it's a nice coincidence but I don't think the episode was written that wasn't done deliberately to reference that right right yeah so that makes sense the other taking the
1: name Carol. Because oh, that's a name that's surrounded Star Trek.
0: Right. I don't think they said let's name her Carol, so people can think when we do this terraforming one, it'll line up with her being Carol Marcus, right? Yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: Was there a Marcus in the episode?
1: No.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then our last bit, where we talk about a deep analysis and examination of next week's episode title. We don't know. We don't know what next week's episode title is. So... Yeah. So
1: here's here's what I realize why we don't.
0: <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Um, they released the first four episodes to um media to review.
0: Yeah, I think that's why we had the titles
1: of all the all the episodes up till this one.
0: Yeah, so we may have to drop this. I know. Hopefully not, because I really enjoy it. Well, and and I realize, and you're right, because I realized they did that too with Discovery and Picard. Discovery, Discovery. They made kind of a big announcement on Discovery when the first season came out that they they named all the episodes, and they did it several times, which I thought was just interesting. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, I don't. Need to know the names of the episode, like the pilot episode, fine. But I don't need to know every I, I, it, the next ones after that. Not a not a huge deal. But well, now that we have this segment, it is a huge deal. So hopefully. But also, when you think about it, Discovery and Picard don't actually have on-screen episode titles. That's true. So, yeah. Um, but if we find out more episode mm-hmm. titles as the season progresses, we will obviously uh, bring this segment back. Yes. So, but we,
1: I will say that we were both wrong about Moisés.
0: Completely, and I and we knew that we were going to be.
1: Yes, yeah, but it's that's the fun part. You get to kind of riff and do yeah. a little improv.
0: Um, and lastly, so some minor Trek news did drop in the week between last week and this one. So, two items, really quick. So the first one, so apparently Discovery season one is going to air on CBS next month.
1: Yeah! Wow! Yeah. So
0: that one, yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, I, I mean, it it, it has it's to do smart. with. It. It has to do with the pandemic, obviously, right? I mean, there's a lack of original programming right now. But I remember I did say a long time ago, I I'd said it actually, well, various times over the over the uh, course of us doing this podcast. When we talked about the format of Discovery, we were like, it's on streaming, why are they not? Why yeah. are they still doing commercial breaks? Why are they still treating it like a network show? And I said, the only thing I can think of is maybe at some point they'll want to air this on TV at some time, yeah. well, right? Not just on I, CBS uh, necessarily, but...
1: But you know what I really feel good about it for all those fans that aren't gonna pay for Star Trek? Yeah. What will they have to complain about now?
0: Yeah, I mean it it I love when they're always like, Well, I'll wait till it's on Netflix. I'm like, well right, but you pay for Netflix.
1: Yeah, and it won't be on Netflix. The whole How... point is that they're competing <laughs> you know with what,
0: Netflix. You know what the ultimate irony would be? So if you sign up for CBS All Access, you actually get tied into your local CBS affiliate, and they're just like, I'll just watch it on there. It's like, well, you're paying for that. <laughs> right. You're paying to right. get access to that. Right. So, well, one thing also that we haven't talked
1: about, but did you notice that CBS All Access now is, um brought in other Viacom
0: yeah, channels? that's a result of the merger between the two of them. So at some yeah. point in the next few months, CBS All Access is actually going to be rebranded to be the last I heard was that they may call it Paramount Paramount Plus, and I'm like, okay, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, that's fine. So it may become yeah. it may become the Paramount. Something yeah, I'm thinking that related,
1: they, yeah. they should do that. Yeah, some rebranding. I don't think Paramount is a good one.
0: And the last bit of news: we got a minor update on the Section Thirty-One show, which nobody seems convinced that, including us, seemed convinced that this show was coming. <laughs>
1: Right, especially when we saw the comment uh, recently from Kurtzman when he listed all the shows that are doing great, and then after he talked about them, he said, and Section 31, as if he just had yeah. to, oh, right, there's this other thing I said I was going to make.
0: Yeah, so Kurtzman gave an interview with uh, Variety, and um, you know he was asked about the Section 31 series, and uh, he said... You know, I'll just read the quote here. He says, you know, The truth is that for the Section 31 idea of doing that show, it was Michelle Yeohs. She deserves all the credit. She actually came to me about it before we even aired the first season of Discovery. She loved playing the character, and she said, I know there are a lot of young women who grew up like I did and did not see somebody like me on screen, and I want to be that person. And I said, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. Uh, She said, but we didn't know if people were going to like Discovery. We didn't know if Discovery was going to work at the time. And so I said, let's see how it works, and if we can get there, let's get there. And, she, of course, she killed it. She did amazing work on the show, and then in Season 2, we were really digging into the mythology of Section 31, which had been dealt with on other shows, and so we started seeing a way to do it. And so we got there. So, uh, And you and I haven't really talked about Section 31. I mean, maybe it could be a whole episode, but I, I feel like at a high level, I, I mean... i It's not... I hate to use this term... <laughs> because I know haters use it all the time but I like we didn't ask for this show oh no 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 I'm just kidding yeah, but we, I'm just kidding yeah. I'm just kidding I I, I I think it's well it's more for me because you've heard me lament like I just I I I hate section 31 I just because yeah. it's so they're just they're so they were cool on DS9. I was sort of like, oh, okay, they're in, they're on Into Darkness. All right. Mm. Enterprise,
1: they were okay. Yeah.
0: Like, and I feel like, okay, now they're just kind of being forced down my throat because it just feels like it's, they've, it's like, oh, here's something cool that we can use. Let's bring in Section 31. I'm just like, yeah, I, the idea of it, like, I think the idea about it that I think would be cool is, and you being the history teacher, you can sort of tell me if this is how it worked. But like, when you think about the Cold War, like the 1980s Cold War, like who were the people, if, if any existed, that were sort of working behind the scenes to ensure CIA. that tension between both sides didn't escalate? Like, yeah, that's so who listen, I want so Section 31 to be.
1: That's great because the CIA is what did that. Yeah. But here's the thing the CIA, this is why it would be so great. And this is why I've always sort of thought of them as the CIA because the CIA, uh, shady as. F, yeah, well, the CIA would do things like, oh, there's a leader in Iran who, um, you know, we fear might align with the communists. So let's send in some CIA people. We can get, they can get together a group, or if there's already a group that's opposing him, we can give them some weapons. We can help them to take him out. Yeah. So like, they actually have a they in Guatemala. The CIA assassinated a democratically elected uh, president mm. of Guatemala because he, they thought he was too socialist. So it might be interesting.
0: It goes against the Roddenberry vision if that's something that exists behind the right. scenes. But, but Section
1: 31 always kind of has. Yeah. But imagine that if they had a team and it was like, oh, this, this whatever planet is not going to join Starfleet and it's dangerous because X, Y, or Z, so you need to go in and like, force a change of leadership so that they'll join Starfleet, that would be...
0: I mean, it's very dirty, and and as I said, it goes against the sort of ideals of what Starfleet and the Federation are, but I think if Star Trek is going to be a mirror for what you know, today is, in a way, I feel like that's something that you you may need to do on a Star Trek show, when you just sort of see you know, maybe this is something that has to happen behind the scenes. Maybe maybe humanity got there, but we still need these people available just in case. I, I don't know. I'm kind of... I don't know if I'm making any sense, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's always the trouble with Section 31, is that you can't really make them too bad. Right. Or if they do, like in Into Darkness, it has to be a rogue person. I-
0: I think if you have them, it's like, what are the what are their ideals? What are their principles? What are they... Right. Yeah.
1: Because we saw them with this, this fear. Right. But yeah, what is their goal? Do they keep Starfleet safe? Yeah. Probably something like that. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see how they can make that into an entire show when you don't want them to be too underhanded.
0: I think I like the idea of them being, like, maybe not to the extreme of what we were saying about the CIA, but, like, they're kind of this organization that, and forgive me if my knowledge of it is failing me, because I, I forget how they're first presented on DS9, so I could be getting some stuff wrong, or I could just be repeating something established on DS9, but I can kind of see them as being this, you know, some like to call them, I've heard them referred to as, like, Starfleet Black Ops, which I don't think is really... But they're this, they could be this sort of like underground organization that perceives... That's able to sort of as- perceive any potential threats long before they actually get there.
1: Mm, maybe right? even take take care of them before they develop.
0: Or they... Yeah. Like, remember, remember like what... So actually, remember... <sighs> control? Yes, do... Maybe what Control did in terms of, like, how it was automated in that they would feed information to it and Control would give them the best, what they think the best course of action is. I thought to myself, maybe, even though they established it on Discovery, maybe that element of it is what Section 31 should do. It's not done by a machine. It's done by the people of Section 31. Hmm. Like... Do you know what I mean? Like they're kind of the ones who are like, who may—they're more like underground advisors in some ways, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That would be a diff- That would be a very different role
1: than we've seen them.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, it's, I think it's just because it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do because we we don't know anything about them really, and it, the times that we have seen them, they're like the they're they're the enemy. We haven't seen them. I don't feel like we've we haven't seen them in a good light, right? Just yet, right? And yeah, and
1: especially if we have a show with when, when it's mirror George O. I mean, we don't right. have any reason to like her or root well, for her,
0: and we also don't know, like, because she's in the future with them, right? Is she coming back? Is she sta- is she establishing Section Thirty One in the future? Like, what's that would be? What's going yeah, on here, right? Like, but yeah, that is tough. Maybe at the same time. Now, obviously, we haven't seen Season Three of Discovery yet, so it only we're only guessing based on what we've seen in that first trailer. But it seems like kind of all hell is broken loose in the future, right? And they need to kind of reestablish this sort of Discovery has to come and remind them what they used to be like, right? Like, the Federation has lost its yeah. way, right? And maybe that is... Maybe Giorgio This is assuming she stays with them beyond this season. Maybe that's a way for them to kind of establish Section 31 at that time because they need to get back to where they used to be or something. I don't know. Like, Or maybe, because maybe, the world,
1: or because, you, because there's so many threats out there because things right.
0: have changed like, so like much. This is a time to Apple. get Section 31 up and that's running true. again. Uh, but. We've definitely gone on far too long on this topic. So we'll be back next week to talk about the fifth episode of Lower Decks, which, again, we do not know the name of. We, nope, wherever it's that called. Will, that will put us officially at the midpoint of Season 1 of Lower Decks. So In the
1: one-quarter point of our... Uh,
0: 23 straight weeks of crack. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep.
1: Excellent. All right.
0: Thank you for listening. All right. Peace out, everybody.